Dear friends, fans, and colleagues, no matter where you are and when you're listening, welcome back to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And that uh, little cut of music you were listening to is from a great group out of Las Vegas called Zingaya. And uh, that particular cut was called Nomad's Land. And um, they have lots of great stuff, but that's one of my favorites. I think it really taps into some past life memory or something. You know, I can just imagine myself sitting on the back of a camel and just, you know, loping across the desert with a, I don't know, a beautiful scarf wrapped around my head and neck and it's flowing in the wind. Um, and, uh, you know, the only time in this life I've actually ridden on back of a camel was when we took a sacred tour of the Middle East and I uh, actually rode a camel in Petra, uh, but it didn't look like that, <laughs> uh, you know, the way I just described, uh, I imagined it. Instead, we were, you know, walking through this ancient city, you know, archaeological sites of Petra. That was pretty cool in itself, but uh, we weren't loping across the desert on the sand dunes you know anyway anyway thank you so much everyone for being here with me today and uh, it is my great pleasure uh, to have with me uh, you know film producer um, creatrix extraordinaire Laura Hirsch and uh, you know she has done um, something really important in my book Uh, she has created this goddess docu-series and uh, I don't think we've had one in a very long time since that three-parter that came out many, many years ago, I think that the Canadian Film Board uh, financed. Um, and that's, you know, it was good, and I think it still holds up. But, um, you know, we really needed something new and fresh, and uh, now we have it. So uh, with me today uh, is filmmaker, journalist, and artist. Uh, as I said, her name is Laura Hirsch, and she's released uh, the multi-part docu-series titled From the Goddess, uh, late last year and um, you know we're going to discuss with Laura how she talks about uh, central themes of women healing spirituality mysticism and art uh, as they relate to goddess uh, in uh, you know the early history and modern times which is 
you know, what's in her docu-series. Um, she's going to show how women, uh, you know, she shows in it how women have played an important role in uh, earlier societies, uh, how they've been worshipped as creatrix of life and the bearer of uh, community and source of sacredness. Because, you know, none of this is taught um, in most, I'd say 99.9% of uh, educational institutions out there. It just isn't. Uh, if you don't know to look for it, you won't find it. And sometimes even if you go looking for it, you might not find it unless you know where to look. Uh, so Laura has done um, all of us on the planet a great service. Uh, she gets into patriarchy's rise and the part it's played in the destruction of goddess spirituality and the status of women. Uh, so it's a rich look at what once um, uh, was uh, ideas and, uh, you know, how these ideas might serve humanity again in the future. You know, it's about manifesting a new normal because things have not always been the way they are and uh, how most women on the planet alive today have lived in their mothers and their grandmothers and their great-grandmothers. So anyway, let me just say uh, welcome to Laura. Laura, welcome. Welcome, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Thank you so much. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. Um, it's wonderful to be here with you. And I, I absolutely love the intro song that you were playing. I, <laughs> I just shazammed it. It's wonderful. It's really giving <laughs> Thank up you. the vibe of like, Mesopotamian area. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And I am so drawn to that part of the world, you know. I just think, um, yeah. the, you know, whatever the memory in my DNA is, you know, it's that Middle East that uh, I can still feel it in my bones so to speak, you know, in in Egypt when we were on a Nile cruise and, you know, I would be on the deck of the boat and look out, um, you know, in those quiet moments when there's no distraction, you know, it felt like I was home on some level, you know. Um, so I know I had to have been there in the past, I'm sure, I would imagine, you know, worshiping some goddess, probably Isis, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, she's the one who called to me in this life. But anyway, Laura, um, yeah. where are you calling to us from? Because I think you're on the other side of the globe, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm from Germany, but right now I am on a little island in the Mediterranean Sea. It's called Ibiza. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, it's uh -huh. an island... Um, been brought in connection with the goddess Tanit. She's actually a oh, Phoenician yes. goddess, but she's been worshipped here and still is. There's a Tanit's cove, and it's, it's very beautiful, and people are still keeping it, uh, keeping it alive. And I actually um, filmed here as well a few years ago, um, and I put it into episode four, because episode four was all about contemporary goddess worship, and I wanted to show that people are still really worshipping different forms of goddesses here yeah wow so uh, you are such a lucky girl <laughs> I, I i'm so jealous yeah. you know we we have not been able to travel in quite a while because of my husband's brain injury and life really just changed for us and you know but in the early days i mean like in the early 2000s we traveled across five continents and it was one of the high points in my life to go see all of these sacred sites but that is not one that uh, I've, I was able to get to, and wow, that sure sounds like something I'm going to put on my bucket list. 
Absolutely. I mean, um, you wrote the book uh, Sacred Places of the Goddess, right? Yes, yes. Or you, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful book. I mean, I, I couldn't get a copy of it, a hard copy here, so I found a PDF, a PDF version, and I did read into it already a bit when I was, for example, on Malta, you know, I could use your information for it. And it's it's gonna be important for me this the your book again because I, I I'm planning to do a second season actually where I wanna go more into detail um, in uh, into the different regions for example Mesopotamia the old place you know or Africa or um, India and thank you for doing this amazing work. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, I think it still stands up. Um, I don't think there's anything out there like it. Um, and it's yeah. got a nine-page bibliography, so it was incredibly researched. Um, but wow. you know what? We're not here to talk about me. <laughs> We're, but thank you for the plug. Um, you know, yeah, always appreciate so the plug. I think people have forgotten about the book, uh, but it uh, it yeah. still works. I mean, it's it's a history lesson as well as a tour book. Uh, and um, you know, even if you're not going to travel, there's so much there in it. But um, thank you, thank yeah. you for that. I, it makes me, you know, when I look at your film now, I can think, well, gee, uh-huh. you know, my book helped her do this. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was just, you know, the essence I think of the film was really to also show the work of the foremothers, to really show what 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 amazing work you've all done before. And to build up on that, right? I mean, I couldn't have done it with with all the work that you've done. So um, that's always important to mention. Yeah, sure. And also, I mean, I find that, I mean, the elders in our culture are not really shown that much, you know, on mainstream TV, etc. And for me, it was so important to really make a whole series about our foremothers that can help us. I don't know, really to not only learn about goddess history or her story, but really to find a place where we can feel safe, you know, guided by wisdom of people from a certain age that you can't have as a person in my age, of course. Yeah. Right, right. <clears throat> well, and and I I uh, so totally agree with what you say because you know I I might be older than you and you and you know you to some extent stood on my shoulders but I stood on shoulders of other women, you know Rianne Eisler, yeah. Merlin Stone, Carol Christ, mm-hmm. all you know all the rest, Mary Daly, mm-hmm. um, and yeah um, we we have a little group here in Grants Pass in Southern Oregon and we say that quite mm-hmm. often. You know we're standing on on the shoulders of other women because they're not remembered, you know. Um, they're really not yeah. remembered, but we would not be as far along as we are uh, without all the painstaking research that they did. And, and now, you know, you come along, and um, I think your video has the potential to go even further than so many of our books, you know. Um, yeah. and so, so tell me, tell me, Laura, um, how did, uh, I mean, where did the idea come from for you to actually, you know, take on this Amazonian task uh, of, of <laughs> making this six-port film? Yeah. Um, I was a yoga journalist before, or let's say a conscious journalist. Like, I worked for a yoga journal for quite some time. Then I made, started making my own films um, because... 
I still find it very hard um, as a woman or like as a young woman, maybe in the film industry, to be allowed to do own film. So when I was um, 26, 27, I got my first film camera, which was, you know, at this point already affordable. And I started making little films about women that I found interesting from the yoga community. So I kind of, no, I, I really, I, I taught myself how to make these videos. And because I didn't have budget, I also edited them, edited them myself. And, um, you know, further along the line, I studied documentary filmmaking in Los Angeles because I wanted to become a bit more professional. And um, I was so lucky. I mean, now I see it as I was really guided by the goddess. I lived in an, in a house with a woman who was in the 70s in New York in the art scene, and she had friends who already worked with the goddess. And she gave me a wonderful old art book um, from the Heresies Press um, about the great goddess. That was one of the editions. Maybe you know it. It's, it's yeah. And, and she also gave me the book um, The Alphabet Versus the Goddess, from Robert Schlane. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and I listened to a talk that he gave. I found this one, uh, this lecture on YouTube. And um, yeah, this this talk really awakened me to the fact. Okay, like I have to show this wisdom to women. I have to make something big out of it. And then I started researching really. And it took it took me a long time. I started. I I found out about this topic in 2015. But I was doing other films at that time, and I was so happy in 2020 when I could finally get into this project. And I started to research even more and like got a lot of files with information in it. And then COVID hit, and I couldn't film. So I did even more research, you know, got so much information, and it became apparent that this topic is so big it's just too big for one movie. And um, so I decided, okay, I have to make a series out of it. And, um, yeah, and just, you know, the filming happened in a period of two years. A big journey was, of course, to meet, you know, many of the foremothers like Miriam Robbins-Dexter, Charlene Spradnick, Vicky Noble, Max Dashu, uh, Joan Mahler, Star Goody, <laughs> yeah, Christina yeah. Biagi. I don't forget anyone. There were so many, you know. They all tuned in and wanted to take part. It was lovely, really. They yeah. they really well, welcome with open arms. I'm so glad I'm so glad they were supportive and yeah I mean I know yeah. all those women women a lot of them were in Los Angeles I think every one of them mm -hmm. has been here on the radio show you can hear them <laughs> uh, in the archives and uh, and you know and I feel like with the archives here on my show I mean so many of our foremothers have already passed some of them are in their 90s. Um, and, you know, when they're trying to put out as much work as possible before they leave us, and um, mm -hmm. at least their voices will be, uh, you know, their voices and their wisdom will continue to live here on Voices of the Sacred Feminine, and now all of yeah. these women that you've put in your film will live in the film as well. Mm -hmm. You know, because like I said in the beginning, you know, some of these women, I'm not sure the ones you mentioned, um, it's been a long time since I saw those uh, three films that the Canadian Film Board uh, financed uh, back, I think, in the 90s. Yeah. Yes. 
I, I don't know how many times I watched this goddess trilogy from um, Donna Reed and Starhawk. It's just so incredible. It's just, and yeah, I mean, what one of the most important films of my life, really. Yeah, so it's yeah. been amazing for me also to make like a, it's not a follow-up because the quality and like the, 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 the beauty she put out there is, of course, I mean, for me, unreachable, but I just wanted to show some of these women again <laughs> and to, yeah. to just keep the fight alive in a way. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so if, you know, anyone listening, um, you know, they want to go beyond what you've done, uh, you know, that that's, that's another trilogy for them to – uh, to uh, yeah. tap into, um, and if anyone has trouble finding it, just reach out to me, uh, and and I'll help. Because the name of the trilogy escapes me right now. I mean, I think it's Goddess Remembered, um, or maybe yeah. that's one of the Burning three. Time. Yeah, Burning Time is number two. It's about the witches, and the third one is uh, Full Circle. Full circle, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, definitely those those are those are ones you need yeah. to get to if this is uh, this is your path. So, um, so Laura, was this in your background, or was it just because you were a feminist this called to you? Um, I mean, uh, do you identify as a pagan or a goddess advocate? Um, I mean, why did this feel so important mm. to you? Uh, you know, rather than I don't know. Uh, Ancient, you know, uh, archaeology or I don't know, uh, art history or something like that. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think that I would call myself spiritual, and since my teenage years, um, the pagan tradition, I really didn't get that much into it here because I found it was like a different subculture to as what I felt. Um, I was always interested in astrology, in Indian mythology. I traveled to India many times. I had a guru there. I was, you know, a yoga instructor, yoga journalist. So that was really kind of like my path. But what what really struck me was, okay, um, I, I found it interesting to find in, this, in, the, in the yoga movement that was really happening also around 2010 where it got really strong. The first time where I felt like, okay, there's, suddenly women in a sacred position that have a say. Because, of course, I didn't know the goddess movement before. So for me, that was the first introduction of women really talking about philosoph uh, philosophic themes to uh, a room full of women. <laughs> and that really drew me in. So that, of course, but then, um, I mean, I didn't really learn about any of the Venus figurines or the, the female figurines. I had no idea about that, which is quite shocking to me because I thought that I would be uh, that I was actually really informed. <laughs> so yeah. when I saw that the first time in the magazines, I was just like, "Wow, okay, this is <laughs> incredible." If I don't know that, I guess a lot of other women in my age don't know it, so I have to show it to them. Yeah, you know, and that was one of the reasons I started doing everything I do was because, you know, I grew up yeah. in the Bible Belt of the southern United States, and uh, mm. this kind of stuff isn't taught, you know. Um, and I, and when I found it, I thought, geez, you know, I'll just say it. I said, God damn. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, how is it that this information isn't yeah. out there all over? Because it's so important, the lack of it, the lack of it has shaped our culture into the detriment of women. 
And um, yeah, it just I, it, it was obvious how uh, groundbreaking and culture changing, um, you know, all of this could really be. And and I do think that there's been an explosion. Um, you know, I might be wrong about this, uh, but when uh, you know, I kind of went underground for about three years after my stun gun assault and my husband's brain injury, and I was just kind of out of it, and I was writing my book on abuse, and um, I was not really delving into the world very much. But then when I came back, um, I got on the Divine Feminine app, and I was just blown away by what felt like an explosion yeah all over everywhere of goddess in different flavors all around the world. I mean, did it, does it seem like that to you too, or am I imagining it? Absolutely. I think around, I don't know, maybe 2014 or so, I think this topic of women's circles became really big, also along the Red Tent movement. And I think that this movement of women coming together um, brought back the goddess because then you had these altars and you know some women would put on Venus figurines or these goddess oracle cards so I think that was definitely a pullback I mean like it was drawing us back again into this topic and of course feminine is becoming stronger and stronger in all different shades of course um, so that really plays into it and I mean really especially since COVID, you know, there's like this big interest also, I feel, in astrology. And and then we're like trying to get back to our roots. There's this resurgence. So everything's just culminating at the moment, even before yeah. Pluto and Aquarius. You know, there was this big thing already happening now. And, well, um, and I yeah. wonder too, because, you know, we've lost Roe v. Wade here in the United States. Um, I mean, that's the perfect reason to, um, you know, to jumpstart feminism again, you know, uh, because, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I'm saying it, I'm phrasing it like that, and I may be phrasing it erroneously, but I know it had been demonized and women didn't want to claim it, but now that, you know, um, you know, patriarchal religion is creeping up in the Supreme Court and taking away women's right to their own bodies and, you know, what Republicans are doing across the United States to put women in jail if they get an abortion or if they leave the state to get abortion. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, if you don't think yeah. it's important to be a feminist now, then I think, you, you know, you need to rethink that. <laughs> Yes, um, absolutely. Yes. And, so, um, yes, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to say that this term sacred feminism has also become really big in the last five years, I would say. Maybe also through the <laughs> yoga movement and really, um, or sacred activism even. We're trying to bind these two together. works pretty well, I think. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you think, you know, uh, I, I know people like uh, maybe Maria Gimbutas and so many of the scholars, uh, some of them you mentioned, um, you know, uh, you know, my books, uh, the Red Tent Movement. I mean, there's so many women out there who have been planting seeds for decades. Um, I mean, I guess maybe it just, you know, at some point it just had to catch on and explode, you know, because we've been pretty <laughs> tenacious about it. Um, so, so let's, you know, let's, let's 
delve into the docu-series uh, itself, mm-hmm. um, you have six episodes. Um, can you describe what the different episodes are and maybe how long they are? Mm-hmm. I, I, all of them are around 80 minutes. There are six of them. Um, the first one is called Ancient Mother, Ancient Mother, and it's really an introduction into this topic. What is goddess? Um, what are matriarchies? How did patriarchy come into being? What happened with the goddess? Um, this topic in general, which is kind of, um, it's so, you know, it's so, it's so compact that I can show it, for example, on screenings very easily, or I put it to, I, I send it into film festivals, because it's really, you know, if, if people would only buy this episode, I think it would be perfect already, because it's really an education about this whole topic. But then the second um, episode goes deeper into it. I am introducing the life and work of Dr. Maria Gimbutas, the archaeologist, who's really the one who... Um, yeah, who who's so important for the movement because she brought up this whole topic and really brought archaeology into it and made this really this brought this, this this groundwork where then the feminists could build up upon, right? And right. I was right. so lucky because I with Joan Mahler and Sebastopol at this Institute of Archaeomythology. Then I also went to Finland and filmed with. Professor Harald Hamann. He is leading the European branch of the Institute of Archaeomythology. Then I went to um, to Lithuania. I went to Vilnius to the to this birth city of Maria Gimbutas because I really wanted to know how is the energy there or how like because she was so in love with the country with with all of it really that I I needed to see it with my own eyes. Um, and in the city, I went, for example, to her birth house. I went to the university where she um, studied for the first time. Um, or we went to, her, to a bridge where she liked to, to walk on, you know, like these personal things. And, of course, also I, um, I interviewed Charlene Spradnik, for example, who really, um, I mean, she did a lot of very important work in really dissecting what happened with this whole backlash that Maria experienced right at some point. And um, I really love this piece when you can see in the end, okay, like Maria went out of, as the victor, vict- yeah, as um, um, she had the victory in the end. And yeah. um, so the, th- the third one then, I, please, please stop me if you want to ask questions in between, right? Well, um, well, wait, well, I do want to ask a question about Maria Gimbutas, um, because I haven't seen the films yet. Um, uh, had she been vindicated already, and were you able to put that in the film? Because for listeners out there who don't know, Maria Gimbutas was controversial, uh, you know, in the arc, you know, in, in her work. Uh, men, you know, who primarily um, comprise the, you know, the the you know, archaeology, you know, field, um, they kind of poo-pooed her work. But in the end, through linguistics and DNA, she was actually um, proven right. And I, I wonder, were you able to add that into the film? Yes, I was. I was, especially because 
There was this famous speech by her big opponent, Colin Renfrew. He um, had this infamous speech um, at the Institute of uh, Oriental. Oh my God, how is the name again? I, I forgot. I can I can tell you right now. But he was um, openly apologizing and 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 saying yes, Maria, she was right all along. So to put in this piece and really show yes, you know, all of the work she did was really so amazing and so accurate because she did all of that before DNA studies came. Um, yeah, so that is inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I mean, she did have her supporters. I think James Mellert and um, uh, Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Uh, you know, but for the most part, I mean, there were even women uh, who abandoned her work. You know, because they wanted to get tenure yeah. and stuff like that, and you know, they were afraid to buck the system. Um, but you know, but a lot of them didn't. You know, a lot of us stood by her and said, you know, to hell with these. You know these these people who are going along with the status quo. Uh, you know it's I, I don't know. I always felt like of course she was brilliant and well educated, but you know she just had this. It felt like to me she was using you know not just her um, her education. She was using her intuition as well. You know, and her yeah. intuition maybe helped her. Um, you know. Um, see things differently, and 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 then she found proof for it. Exactly. Do uh, are you into astrology? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I, I I'm not good at it, but I you know I I'm okay. into it. No worries, because I of course you know I looked at her chart. I don't know her exact birth time, so I couldn't um, see where, what her rising is and like how the houses fall. But I mean, yes, we we all know probably that she has her hit her son in Aquarius, so which is like the archetype of the the one who's changing paradigms, right? Uh, <laughs> the rebel. Well, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, and she had like different constellations where you can see inside that gave her real real power. But then I saw, you know, her um, her Venus and her Mars are in Pisces, and I thought that was so interesting because. That was exactly what she was so good at, envisioning or like um, kind of like dreaming into ideas how it could have happened and, 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 and yeah. having like a sixth sense, you know. This is what made her really so special that um, because, you know, if you're not, what I learned now is as an archaeologist, yes, of course, like you have to read the data and all of it, but you have to have this sense you know where to dig or like you just need to envision things and um i think it's it's really just yeah exactly how her life was and and how yeah and, and, and also pretty attacked her for that mm -hmm. sorry yeah well, yeah, and I mean, um, you know, I, I used to, you know, go on tour with some of my books, and I would occasionally run into this other author, and sometimes we'd give talks together, and he, he I loved how he said, um, you know, without the women's perspective, it's like we're looking mm -hmm. out of only one eye, you know, uh, and it wasn't until we started to have a female perspective that now, well, we're seeing out of both eyes. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can remember being in Malta and, um, you know, the stuff that um, tour guides would say these statues were, were just absurd, you know, that they were sumo wrestlers. Mm -hmm. 
Um, or um, I, I have a friend in, you know, in Goddess Spirituality who was talking about, you know, they would see the red ochre running down the inside of the thighs of some of these statues uh, who were headless. Uh, but yet they, you know, male archaeologists could just not conceive of the fact that that meant these were female, that they were bleeding, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, because it was just a foreign concept to them. They didn't live that, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, but obviously, you know, a woman lives a different life. And, you know, and anyway, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, I just no, love this topic. <laughs> yes, and exactly. Um, I mean, like the, the big problem of it that um, I mean, even now to this day, you know, there's still uh, even 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 female goddess people turning and and uh, like there was this uh, this uh, article I just read came out in summer of a person who was always pro goddess and now she suddenly writes, oh, you know, matriarchies. I think that was just like golden age hypocrisy. And I was like, why is she suddenly turning? It's just so weird if you spent your whole life in the topic. But like there's so much pressure on people mm-hmm. to be perceived as like super, um, I don't know, rational or I don't know. This whole topic of archaeology is super interesting, but also uh, I'm glad I don't have to work in this field, really. <laughs> well, it's political. I mean, it's it's political, yeah. you know. I mean, we know that, you know, women find things and, uh, and, and oftentimes they're never acknowledged for it, you know. Um, you know, it's still, I think, uh, a, you know, a good old boys club and, uh, you know, to a certain extent anyway and uh and that that's really unfortunate and then it sometimes it takes so long for new discoveries to actually hit the mainstream as well um so yeah it's um i i wish we valued um truth and um you know uh and, and scientific discovery more than we seem to you know now it's people protecting their legacy you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to, well, gee, this is some new information. Maybe we should rethink this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But this is why also, you know, it was so important for me to show the work of the foremothers who um, who have done so much work in this field since over 50 years. For example, Max Dashu, I mean, you know all of them. And um, so, so the third episode really builds up on that, you know, um, who were the foremothers? Uh, how did this movement start? And um, and yes, I got some emails from women saying, oh, you know, in my country, in Germany or in Spain, we also had that movement. And that's true, yes. But for this episode, I focused on this whole idea of the yeah the rise of women's spirituality in the 70s in the in the U.S. For now, for now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the treatment in is incredible. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's as strong in Europe or stronger than in the United States? No, I don't think so. I think that, I think it's still very strong in the United States. But I think, I mean, in the UK, for example, you do see that there is a strong movement because they also have such a, vivid and rich pagan tradition still um it's it's incredible it's really lovely to be in the uk and just i mean the sites the archaeological sites but also the festivities um 
like there is like these Bridget festivals now, and um, it's 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 a really beautiful Renaissance. Uh, in Germany, well, yes, we also awesome. have. Pretty, yeah, in Germany we have a pretty big scene too, but um, not in the younger generation. And this is why it's so important for me to have Instagram and like now go on TikTok to also get in the younger women and teach them about it. Wow. So why, why do you, I mean, do you have a theory about why it's not catching on with the younger generation? Um, first of all, because they don't know it. You know, if, if, if I'm asking people, do you know the Venus of Willendorf? You know, I always start with this question because she's the, she's the um, if <laughs> any of the figurines, people would know her. But many right. don't know her, so um, we don't learn it at school, and um, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I think it's just because it's yeah, it's people don't know it. That that might be the reason. But if you tell right, them, right. they're excited. I, they just love it because there's so many women who are working as doulas or as women's um, women's circle leaders, and all of them, of course, they are they. They finally have a ground to, yeah. to work from now. Yeah, yes. this, this, yeah, this kind of gives them a foundation. It adds a core or richness to their work. And yeah. do you, you know, speaking of Germany, um, and I hope I'm remembering this properly. And you brought up the Venus of Willendorf. You know, I actually sent away for a stamp from Germany because it was the Venus of Willendorf. Do you remember that, or is that too long ago? But I mean, the Venus of Willendorf, she's really from Austria. We have the Venus of Hohlefeld, the oldest one, okay. or the oldest known one. That, but I don't know the stem, no. I wish I would. No, 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 I don't know it. Mm-hmm. Okay, from, from yeah, yeah. They actually, they actually put her on a stamp. And um, mm-hmm. and I mean I just I just move mountains to get one of those stamps you know and uh, <laughs> and anyway <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay so uh, so tell us all right so that was the was that the fourth film you just mentioned and you have still five and six to tell us about right no that was the third one was about the the four mothers and then the fourth okay. one was really about contemporary goddess worship where I traveled to um, the UK, to the Goddess Conference. Um, then I was, you know, in Ibiza on the island filming at, um, about Tanit and um, various other places. And the fifth one then was the Goddess in Art, because as we know, you know, the first figurines, of course, were pieces of art. And um, I was also really interested in this whole thing, women as artists and this combination of women as artists working with the goddess. And I found wonderful women, especially in Austria. I um, I met a few women that are, you know, having sort of a network. It's called the Dissident Goddesses Network. And they're working somewhat, you know, loosely or sometimes on projects together. And um, I also filmed with Christina Biaggi. I went home to her new, new house in New York. She showed me the, her Medusa. And um, yeah, that was maybe in terms of style my favorite episode. Okay. 
Um, all right, yeah. I, I realize I am I am late taking a break. So uh, Laura, yes. you take a breath, uh, and we're going to come up, you know, come back on the other side of these commercials and uh, and hear more all about this uh, this exciting topic. Uh, but first, dear Wonderful. listeners, uh, we. We have to pay for the show, so uh, I thank Joe Carson for being a longtime supporter, and uh, and here I, uh, you know, am happy to support her work. Here we go. This is from Jonathan Nightshade, a Gardnerian high priest of the Whitecroft line, a traditional craft practitioner and researcher, writing about Joe Carson's book, Celebrate Wildness, Magic, Mirth, and Love on the Feriferia Path. I love this book, how special this work is, and how appreciated. As someone who was young in the 1970s, and through the years, only found snippets of information on Feriferia, one of the first modern pagan paths, this book comes as an artistic revelation of the core practices of the way of the goddess and gods, reborn for the next age of the Divine Maiden. She has clearly introduced the historical background philosophy and ritual practices of the joyous wilderness mysteries of the fairy faith, illuminated by the marvelous pagan art of Feriferia's founder, Fred Adams. I was very pleased that the high-quality production of this oversized volume makes it a collectible work of art, as well as a testament to the visionary philosophy of Fred Adams. I feel blessed that I received a copy. I will treasure it and look forward to the next book for more of the deep philosophy and ritual practice of Feriferia. Celebrate Wildness is a dense, art book quality, hardcover book. You can get it for just $45 from the Feriferia website at feriferia.org. That's F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A dot org. And also, uh, I think some of you out there would like to hear, uh, you know, perhaps from a past loved one. Um, and, uh, and if you would, you definitely want to hear from a credible, authentic, evidential medium, I would think. Um, or how about an Akashic record reading to learn about your purpose or past lives? or uh, a one-on-one session with an awakened life coach. Well, I met one of these, and I had some personal experience with uh, Melody Rosecrans at Invoke and Raw, and she is absolutely amazing. She's a living embodiment of wisdom and a catalyst to remove blocked, stagnant energy. She'll ignite your awakenings, and she's received several incredible reviews. Uh, One client reported, and I'm quoting, here. Melody is amazing. Her classes are informative, genuine, a real eye and heart opener to true spirituality. As for one-on-one sessions, I highly recommend them. Each one is a new experience on your journey. You will be comfortable and well taken care of, unquote. Another said, Uh, What a great reading. Melody was able to connect with my mom and gave me specifics to put any doubt I had at ease. What a great feeling knowing my mom approves of my recent decisions and is watching over me. Can't wait to have another reading to see who else she connects with, unquote. So if you're uh, someone out there who um, is interested in this and uh, you want to go to the real deal, uh, Melody has appointments in person or via Zoom. And you can find her at her website, which is invoke, 
um, and Ra. That's a little unusual. It's invoke, I-N-V-O-K-E, and A-N-D, Ra, like the Egyptian god, dot com. Invoke and raw.com or you can even call her to schedule today at 541-291-1240 and finally uh, if you are looking for a great women's retreat um, you might want to come to Southern Oregon because uh, there's going to be one starting May 31st to June 3rd, and uh, it is called the Renewal Retreat. Uh, and I am actually going to be a facilitator there one day, doing one of the major presentations one night on Herstory, um, you know, women's empowerment, um, the, the you know the feminine wound, um, you know, women claiming their agency, that sort of thing. But uh, for the entire time, what they envision is a strong community of women of all ages, races, and walks of life coming together around the sacred fire to share stories, receive support, heal, grow, uh, and you know, just move into you know your next evolution. Uh, they say we will. Welcome you to this inclusive community and empower you to take time to invest in yourself. Come with us as we embark on a profound journey of releasing, revitalizing, and realizing our true potential. Immerse yourself in the supportive embrace of Mother Nature as we engage in the art of letting go of what no longer serves us to create space for the lives we have always dreamed of. So to find out more about this retreat in Sunny Valley starting May 31st, Contact one of the organizers, Kate Bostwick. Uh, her email, Kate, C-A-T-E, Bostwick, B-O-S-T-W-I-C-K, at gmail.com. And um, if you uh, are late getting to us, uh, I am talking with the uh, producer, uh, Laura Hirsch, uh, of the six-part docu-series uh, from The Goddess, and I want to jump back in with her before we run out of time. Uh, so where did we leave off, Laura? I think um, you were about to tell us about um, episode five or six. About the last one, yes. I just wanted to mention, because you were um, saying that I was a producer, and um, actually um, I'm the filmmaker of it, because I made everything about it. I, I really, I'm a one-woman show, because there was, as I told you before, there's never enough budget. So um, this, re this thing is really comes completely out of my hand. I had a wonderful woman in the end who made um, the introduction animation, And my friend also did a little bit of the sound design, but it's really, um, yeah, just <laughs> because producers well, thank you. like a, uh, you, yeah, the producer yeah, finances yeah, the producer, it, right? And, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So the last episode really was then about me trying to find out where the goddess was in Germany or in the German-speaking countries. Because, um, of course, we mostly read about Malta and then the Mesopotamian area and just everywhere, you know. Um, or in France, there's so many Venus figurines. But I didn't know really how was the situation in Germany and also along the time, how did it evolve, really. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's the last one. It's, it's also a bit personal with my own uh, journey, how I got there. And, yeah, so that's the show. <laughs> 
fantastic. Episode. Well, um, I can't wait to look at it. Uh, I really can't. And um, I wonder, um, I mean, it may be too soon at this point to be thinking about this, but um, is there a way for you to make this available in schools or, um, I don't know, to private organizations for private showings or things like that? Or are you thinking about any of that? Um, yeah, I heard a couple of times from women already the idea that I should show it in, in school. Um, at this point, I, I have no idea how this would happen. I, I don't see myself as a person who is like um, who would know how to do all of this. And I'm honestly already in the second uh, season in the research and all of it. But if people have ideas, they can absolutely write me an email. I'm I'm open for situations like this, and um, I see that women are organizing their own screenings with their women's circles, so that's also happening. Um, but in private, you said private institutions, right? Well, you know, whoever, you know, whoever might be interested. Yeah. It might be conferences, yeah. uh, retreats, you know. Um, it, I, I mean, it could be all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, I have a few um, situations here in Germany where people are, for example, the Goddess Conference in Germany is starting once again after the whole COVID situation. And um, I'm going to be showing, you know, um, for example, on the first day, I'm going to tell them a bit about my story and then show um, some little features from the from the show. So things like that are happening, yes. But everything on a grander scale, I would need someone who's really, you know, doing this with me because I don't really right. know how to do it. Yeah. I don't have the time. No, I, I totally get it. You need a team. Um, well, and, yeah. and I'm glad you, you, you made the distinction between producer and filmmaker, and I'm happy to be corrected on that, um, you know, because I, I, don't, I, I don't know the terminology. <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. okay. Um, because you know, I honestly wondered, and I hope this isn't an isn't an inappropriate question. Um, I can't even imagine how much it must have cost you to do this. Um, I mean, did you get grants, or because I mean, I know so many women that would have loved to have done this, but money prevented it. You know, um, how did you? I mean, were you working full time and, and financing this on the side? Um, is there anything about that you feel comfortable sharing? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the first time, yes, I was always working. Um, I was always working alongside it. But then the last year, it just it was not possible anymore because it, the the work was so much. So um, yes, I mean I'm I'm fortunate. I have inheritance from my mother. She passed away when I was 22, and this money is there for these situations. So yes, I used I, I used some of it. But um, the good thing is that um, like the travel expenses, for example, since I'm a one woman show. I didn't need to bring someone else, and I'm very, um, very easy, you know. Like I can sleep in hostels, for example. I always try to really, really, really minimize the cost as pos as much as it possible. So um, you will see, you know, in the film that they're not on a Netflix level. They are right. pretty basic. They still bring out the information, I think, and. Um, yeah, and I also think it's it's wonderful to to show people that yes, you don't always have to do 
like the best, the most exquisite product, it's important to bring out messages in our time now. And it's so easy, it has become so much easier for women to get a camera, get this equipment. It's really not so expensive anymore. I got all of this from a used uh, page. We have something like Craigslist also in Germany. And I mean, yes, I taught it myself, but you know, there's this burning inside of me that I really want to do it. So um, there's this combination, I think, that um, my path really enabled me to do that. Yeah. Wow. Well, kudos to you. Well, and and well, and, and one of the most important things: how do women find this, and how much does it cost them to watch it? Yeah. So I have received so many wonderful messages from men, women from so many different countries, and it's, it's wonderful. I, I I printed some of them out because it's incredible for me to receive them. You know, I I mean, of course, I I love this work, but I didn't know that women would be so happy. You know, it's it's just it's really heartwarming, and um, they're not expensive. I have one episode cost ten euros, which is I think eleven. $11, something like this. And um, you get the whole package for 44 euros, which is around $47, I think. So I think it's a good okay. price. It's, it's, really, it's really not much. You know, I just wanted to make it accessible for as many women as possible. So what would be the first step? Do they go to your womenembodiment.com website and, and that takes yeah. them on a link there? Exactly. They can go to womenbodyman.com. I have um, a site there. It's called the film. You go click on film, and then you've got to the go to the Vimeo page, or you go to Vimeo and um, put in from the goddess, and it will bring you there to Vimeo on demand from the goddess. But it's easiest probably on my homepage. Yes. Yeah, yeah, wow. Um, and so during this process, um, what, what, what surprised you? What challenged you? Uh, what were your favorite parts, thinking back on it now? Um, I think, yeah, the favorite parts were for sure meeting all of the foremothers. That was such an honor. And then also, you know, uh, transcribing these wonderful interviews and just, you know, listening to them over and over and over again. So the me message of them really got into my head. And um, I think the least favorite part for me, I mean, mm, I, I, I think it's personally not so easy to show myself. <laughs> like this is probably one thing that I'm sharing with many other women whether it's called witch wound or whatever, it's 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 hard for me to really present the show. So I really, really have to put myself out there again and again and um because I wanna spread the message of course. So I would say like the marketing right. part would be probably <laughs> the least favorite thing of mine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Even though you I trust me, I know. With you. I love interviews. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again, I couldn't hear you. Sorry, I said even though I love speaking now with you because I love interviews, but like, you know, being on stage or even showing the film to other women, sitting in the cinema with them, watching it over again, is, is just so, <laughs> it's a big thing for me, yes, <laughs> mentally. <laughs> well, you know, and you said the witch wound, and I think when you said that, you know, maybe um, I understand that to mean that 
um, you know, there's a fear in our DNA, uh, you know, from the persecution that maybe really hasn't been forgotten. It still lives in our bodies, and it makes us afraid to stick our neck out into the world. Um, is is yeah. that what you mean by the witch wound? Exactly, exactly. But I'm also happy to do it because I'm then showing other women that, you know, we can just do it if we, if we just have to do it. But I understand to the core the fear, the deep fear of showing oneself because uh, I've always had it, you know, even as a small child, I always found it very uncomfortable to be in, in the middle of an attention or something. And, you know, then choosing this career path where I have to show my work is really like a big path of transformation for me as well. And I know that so many other women are in this situation at, at the moment because, you know, if you're an influencer or, or you just, you know, putting out one's own projects is such a big thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I'm not alone on this path. I know that many yeah. share my fears. Well, yeah, I mean, I know I, you know, when I came out publicly into the world, whether it was, you know, in Los Angeles doing big public rituals or, um, you know, giving talks about books or giving talks about goddess and patriarchy. Um, you know, you, you, I don't know, I just finally got to the point where I just accepted the fact there's always going to be somebody who's going to be critical. Um, and oftentimes yes. these are people who never do anything themselves, of course, you know. <laughs> um, it, but, you know, you just, um, if, if, you love the su- if you love the subject, if you're passionate, that helps you push mm-hmm. through the fear I think which you're you yes. know you're a great example of thank you and it's also the topic that is so important and so incredible that I want to share it you know so it makes it easier to share it then because this this burning passion or <laughs> just a lot for it. well and I'm glad for your burning passion we will all benefit from it um, <laughs> So, so, uh, so now, did I hear you say that you're doing a part two? Yeah, that's the plan. Um, I'll, I have to see how it goes. I definitely want to uh, put more energy this time into funding as well, because um, as far as I mean, I, I would wish for for really situations where I can travel. You know, for example, to India. I want to really know how the goddesses have been originally because the way how we learn about them now they're also viewed already through this patriarchal lens so um, i really want to see how goddess has been revered in other parts of the world yeah right because i mean well you know yeah especially because makstashi makstashi you know before i made this the series i am I, I I contacted her as a story consultant, and she also told me, you know, it's very important that the series is not only about the goddesses in Europe and the Kurgan theory of Maria Gambutas, because this is a global phenomenon. So I really thought, okay, like the second season needs to be more specific about these other regions in the world where goddesses were Yes, yeah. 
So you need to go worldwide on this next series. So, you know what? We are officially putting it out there that you need a, you need a benefactress. You need an angel who can help you finance this. And um, I, uh, and you know it it will it will manifest. You know you just keep imagining it happening. You see it happen. And uh, I have no doubt that you are going to get what you need to make this happen. And I'm I'm so mm-hmm. thrilled. Thrilled, Laura. So thrilled for you doing this work. Honestly, kudos to you. Kudos, kudos, brava, Bella. All of these wonderful, <laughs> um, you know, all of these wonderful thank yous. Um, all right. So listen, we're about out of time. Um, is there anything um, I want to, you know, give you the last word? Uh, is there anything you want to say that I haven't thought to ask that um, you know you want to share with listeners? Mm, oh gosh. Um uh I I don't really I think I I said everything about the series and about um just I'm I'm just very very glad that people have stayed on this path of goddess and have not, you know, questioned it or not fallen off the wagon in this case um because this this knowledge is so incredibly powerful that it can really change so many people. It can really help us in this dire situation we're in at the moment with the world. It has such a potential yeah. to to really heal the hearts of people. So I'm very grateful, glad, glad, glad and grateful for all the work you have done. Absolutely, yes. Well, you know, you think about it. There was a reason it was suppressed, you know, there was a reason it was suppressed because, you know, people wanted power over and uh, it, it can change the world for the good, you know, for the most of us. Um, and, and, and I saw that, you know, early on and um, that's why I did so much for so many years, uh, uh, it, you know, at, at, at no um, compensation, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, this was, this was the antidote. This was the antidote yeah. to the world's woes, and I believed it so intensely um, and still do. And, um, yeah, I was just thrilled to wake up from my hiatus and see um, oh. just the incredible work. And when I found out about you, Laura, I was jumping for joy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a wonderful. Thank so, you. And thank you well, for listen, making this wonderful invitation. Mm-hmm. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for, you know, acknowledging, you know, the show as, as well and, and my books and, you know, uh, you know the, yeah. the stuff I've contributed. I mean, it's been a lot of us, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. of us, you know, who have been doing this for a long time and uh, doing it for the love of it, you know, because believe me, we're not yeah. making any money doing it. That's for sure. I know. Um, I know. I know. Yes. Um but but anyway, keep in touch. Um, I want to hear about your progress. Uh, if you want to come back on and, you know, talk about how things are going, you know, give us a status report. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am always happy uh, to have you back here on the show. Wonderful. Thank you so much for this opportunity and also for today. I had a lovely time with you. Thank you so much. Same here, same here, absolutely. Um, well, bye, Laura, and, um, you know, I just I wish you all the 
best uh, in this, you know, second part of the journey. And uh, I can't wait to look at the, uh, can't wait to look at the film. I'll email you afterwards, and uh, and I'm sure I'll be singing your praises even more. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Karen. All right. Thank you, Laura. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, I will be right back in just a minute because Joe Carson has one more thing to say. Hello. Let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia an exploration of Earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is Drusilla Pettibone on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about hinges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was very beautiful and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast and with so many layers. I am also pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com. Well, before I close the show today, um, I really want to say, please, uh, if you've been listening to this interview, um, please do go to Laura's website at womenbodiment.com, women, W-O-M-E-N, bodiment, B-O-D-I-M-E-N-T.com. You can see uh, these six episodes for, I believe it's about $45. Um, I didn't ask her, but you might even be able to see it in individually that I don't know for sure you'd have to check but you know what $45 that's a few mochas at Starbucks right Um, please uh, invest in this project Um, you know even if it might be something uh, you don't even have the time to watch yet invest in it because it's such an important message and you know what if you're strapped for cash get a girlfriend get a boyfriend and you guys go in halves or something $45 is not going to break you I'm sure um, you know, you, you can figure, figure that part out. But be supportive of this project, not just for, you know, to compensate Laura for all she has put into this, but because it's like we said at the end of the interview, you know, this is information that can make our world a better place. And that not only helps you, but it helps your children and your grandchildren. It helps all of us all around the world. It helps uplift us all. So please do. 
um, check it out, uh, womenbodiment.com. The docuseries is called From the Goddess. The filmmaker is Laura Hirsch. Uh, please see it, and uh, if you have any trouble at all accessing it, Email me. I will put you in touch with her. But I don't think you're going to have a problem. I think it's going to be easy peasy. So please do. Um, you know, do it as a service to the community as well as for your own enrichment and entertainment. Um, you know, use it at an event. Uh, share it with your, uh, you know, your women's circle. Um, I'm sure Laura probably has a PayPal account or something. You can email her at her um, you know, at her website, you know, there might be a way to make a donation to her. Uh, and wow, you know what? She wants to do this part too about goddess all around the world. Wouldn't we all want to see that? Uh, so if, you know, you've just got a little bit of an inheritance or you're cashing out your 401k or something like that, think about making uh, a donation to Laura. You know, it's really, really important. All right. Well, that about does it uh, for me today. And um, I just want to thank Laura for being here on the show. I want to thank her for the effort uh, to make this film. Uh, you know, she's so talented, wears so many hats, filmmaker, journalist, artist, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, it all comes together in her uh, docuseries from The Goddess. So as I always do close um, with uh, Am Sekhmet in homage to uh, the lion-headed Egyptian goddess, uh, I will do so once again because I believe she is the archetype for women to stand up, to speak out, to have healthy boundaries without fear or guilt. Uh, here we go. And uh, please uh, do come back next week, uh, next Wednesday. Um, we're going to be talking about Druid priestesses uh, and Druid goddesses, I believe, is the next show. Uh, if it's not the next show, it's very soon afterwards, but I'm pretty sure that's next Wednesday. We're going to be looking at the legacy of the Druids from a woman's perspective. All right. Uh, and here is Am Sekhmet. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.